Good afternoon, everyone, and a warm welcome to the presentation of ACAST's report for the second quarter of 2023. Our CEO, Ross Adams, and our CFO, Emily Villat, will present the results and developments for the quarter. You can ask questions throughout the whole presentation by typing them in the text box below on your screen, and we will answer them in the Q&A session after the presentation. And with that, I would like to hand over to our CEO, Ross Adams. Thanks very much. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to our report for the second quarter of 2023. Uh, in case you're new to our cause, my name is Ross Adams. Uh, I'm the CEO of ACAST. I'm based out of New York. Our CFO, Emily Vallat, and I will take you through the numbers and events for the past quarter. The second quarter of the year has been marked by a continued improvement of our results with a positive revenue development, uh, especially in North America. Uh, during the second quarter, ACAST grew by 22%. Uh, the organic growth was 15%, an improvement compared to the first quarter of the year, and a positive indication in an advertising market that continues to be difficult to, to assess. The gross margin amounted to 36%, a significant improvement compared to the previous year, when the gross margin was negatively affected by one-off costs linked to certain podcast agreements. In addition, stable development of all of our products and an increasing share of SaaS revenues from Podchaser contributes to an improved gross margin. And the EBITDA result improved for the second quarter in a row, and we continue on our path towards positive EBITDA in 2024. ACAST is the market-leading independent global infrastructure platform in podcasting. We're uniquely positioned at the center of the podcasting value chain, connecting advertisers with podcast creators uh, who want to monetize their content and their highly engaged audiences. Through our work on building the world's most valuable podcast marketplace, we've achieved success in generating substantial revenue streams from our marketplace. In the second quarter, we continue to strengthen our position by introducing several product improvements and launches that not only enhance our platform, but also deliver long-term benefits to our valued stakeholders. By automating the ad buying process, we create higher cost efficiency. At the same time, uh, more opportunities are created for advertisers to reach an engaged and valuable podcast audience. Programmatic ad buying, which allows podcast ad buyers to book ad campaigns efficiently and in real time through the ACAST marketplace, continues to be one of our fastest growing sales channels with positive development in the second quarter as well. ACAST self-serve ad platform has had a promising start since launching late last year and it continues to show good results in the second quarter. The number of book campaigns is up 40% compared to the first quarter. And we're also seeing an increase in new advertisers who use the platform. Uh, additional to this, almost 40% of all advertisers have made repeat bookings, proving that their campaigns booked through the platform are delivering results for them. So the work to automate our services and reduce manual sales work continues. Our ongoing efforts to enhance our self-serve platform exemplify our continuous drive to increase automation in our operations. With the introduction of host-read sponsorships on the platform, we have significantly expanded opportunities to advertisers. Uh, they can now independently discover and purchase relevant host-read sponsorships from across the entire ACAST marketplace, marking a significant improvement in our offering. 
By now adding host red sponsorships to the platform, we further leverage our large and growing base of audio influencers. The launch positions Acast as the largest podcast network to enable self-serve ad buying for host red sponsorships. During the quarter, we also introduced Acast Plus Access, an innovative technology that enables companies with existing paid subscribers and subscriptions to incorporate podcasts into their offerings. The functionality allows businesses uh, ranging from news publishers to media organizations and streaming services to seamlessly integrate podcasts into their existing paywalls, thereby augmenting their membership benefits. Prominent media brands, uh, including The Economist, are already making use of the product to great effect. By doing so, ACOS Plus access effectively increases the value proposition for subscribers by enriching the depth and variety of content available within a single subscription package. Acast earns a fee for each private podcast feed activated by the clients paying subscribers. After acquiring Podchaser a year ago, we have been working hard to build even better solutions that create value for advertisers, listeners, and podcast creators across the whole industry. A good example of Collections Plus, uh, which was launched in the second quarter. Uh, so far, we've enabled nearly 300 brands to run nearly 800 campaigns across thousands of podcasts in our marketplace using this technology, Collections Plus. Collections Plus is an AI-powered data capability which increases advertiser reach in podcasts. Data about podcasts and their listeners is pulled from a very broad range of sources, including Podchaser's own data as well as an industry-wide intelligence. The data is then processed using AI models and podcasts are sorted into richer and more relevant sales verticals based on all available data points. It gives advertisers the opportunity to reach more relevant listeners through a wider variety of podcasts. Braycast Collections Plus creates a unique opportunity to combine Podchaser's highly detailed and industry-leading podcast data with Acast's proprietary marketplace. It helps us scale up uh, ad sales and monetize more podcasts, especially the mid-sized ones with a lot of untapped potential. We're already seeing a positive trend. Um, Collections Plus allowed our marketplace to monetize more shows during the seven-week trial than it normally does. By combining Acast and Podchaser's data, we will also reduce our reliance on third-party data providers, giving us an increased cost efficiency. We're proud to become Higher Ground's exclusive partner for managing ad sales and distribution of their premium podcasts. We did tell you about this during the presentation of the first quarter, but since it actually happened in the second quarter, I'm actually taking the opportunity to tell you about it again. In April, Acast teamed up with Higher Ground, which was founded in 2018 by President Barack Obama and Mrs. Michelle Obama to tell powerful stories that entertain, inform, and inspire whilst elevating new and diverse voices in entertainment. Higher Ground produces some of the most popular and iconic podcasts in the industry, including Michelle Obama, uh, Michelle Obama The Light Podcast, uh, Renegades Born in the USA with President Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen, and the Michelle Obama podcast, Tell Them I Am. Alongside such important new partnerships, we are continually strengthening our existing relationships with our largest podcasts, which hold a lot of appeal to advertisers. Here is just a snapshot of some of the creators across the US, UK, 
uh, an island, Sweden, Australia, and New Zealand that have renewed their agreements with ACAR so far in 2023. The podcasts shown here alone represent over 36 million monthly listens in our marketplace. This evidences the depth of our relationships with our creators and the high levels of satisfaction we afford them across monetizing and growing their shows as we continue to focus on monetizing the inventory we have. I'll now hand over to Emily, who's going to walk you through our financial performance for the quarter in more detail. Thank you, Ross. Let's have a look at the numbers. Now, listens grew by 40%, by 4% compared to Q2 of 2022 as a result of the business having an increased focus on monetization of existing inventory. And these efforts resulted in an average revenue per listen or ARPL growing by 15% to 0.3 SEKs. And we can therefore conclude that the monetization of our portfolio podcast continues to improve. Looking at revenues, these grew by 22% in the quarter, despite mixed ad market sentiment, which means that we doubled our pace of growth compared to Q1 of 2023. Our organic growth was 15% in the quarter, as Podchaser contributed some 2%, and FX contributed around 5% to reported revenue growth. When it comes to our segment performance, our growth came mainly from North America and other markets. And let's start with North America here, where net sales increased by 31% and profit contribution margins equally saw an improvement to a negative 12% compared to the negative 34% we had in North America the same quarter last year. You will recall that growth rates in North America have moved both up and down over the last year more quickly than other areas. And we're happy uh, to see North America back in solid growth. Other markets delivered 35% net sales growth and a marginal increase in contribution profits. Europe is also holding its own considering um, a more subdued prevailing advertiser sentiment in this region. And Europe delivered 17% net sales growth in Q2. And Europe's profit contribution margin also increased compared to Q2 of last year and is now 22%. Our gross margin in the period was 36%, and SARS and other non ad revenues from Podchaser continued to contribute to the gross margin in the quarter. The gross margin is stable compared to the Q1 23, um, but an improvement on the gross margin of 30% that we saw in Q2 of 2022, which you will recall, as Ross noted earlier, was impacted by some podcast contracts in the US. Um, and I'd like to think that we were transparent and forthcoming in reporting around those podcaster contracts. Now, operating expenses. These decreased by 4% year on year overall. And note here that the Podchaser acquisition was done on the 1st of August of last year, and hence Q2 2022 costs do not include Podchase operating expenses. In this quarter, Q2 of 2023, these costs amount to 9.5 billion SEKs, without which the cost reduction year on year would have been negative 9%. Following the reduction of staff in Q3 and Q4 of last year, there is ongoing focus on cost efficiencies, 
and you'll know staffing has continued to see a small reduction. So under the hood, we're managing our fixed costs while making deliberate decisions around discretionary spend to support our growing business. In the quarter, EBITDA improved to negative 42 million SEKs compared to the negative 99 million SEKs that we saw in the same quarter last year. And the EBITDA margin of negative 11% compares to the negative 31% of the same quarter last year and is therefore an improvement of some 20 percentage points. Uh, and a quick note on item spending comparability. We've not had a habit of adjusting for the likes of share-based compensation and our historical costs related to podcasts and guaranteed contracts have been deemed operational, not exceptional. Historical adjustments have been related to our IPO costs and the reduction in force undertaken last year. And you will have noted that we have no adjustment items in quarter. So to conclude this slide, the path to profitability full year 2024 remains firmly on track. Moving on to cash, we can report that our balance sheet remains strong and our cash flow from operating activities improved to negative 58 million SEKs in the quarter compared to negative 98 million SEKs in the same quarter last year. The quarter did see a negative impact from working capital movements, which uh, I think is natural given the two prior quarters, which were very strong when it came to cash flows. So the cash balance as at the end of quarter was 801 million SEKs. So we are well financed and our cash position will take us through to EBITDA profitability in 2024 and also on to future cash generation with a comfortable margin. So with that in mind, it means I actually get a pretty good night's sleep um, at night. Ross, back to you. Thank you, Emily. Uh, so it's almost uh, been one year since I moved to the US and I'm pleased with the progress we're making and momentum we're building in this market. Uh, please do keep an eye out for future announcements we have coming very soon. Uh, we're also continuing to focus on driving sales and efficiency in our ad operations and we'll be rolling out more tools uh, which support our automation uh, and efficiency goals. Now let's go to the Q&A. So if you want to post a question, feel free to type in the box below. Great. And uh, we have a first question here. Please elaborate on metrics determining number of listens. Modest 4% growth. How will this improve over time and how can this be influenced by ACOST? I can pick that one up uh, first, and if you have something to add, us, please feel free. We've had a deliberate strategy of improving the monetization of our existing portfolio. If you recall the numbers that we disclosed as at the end of 2022, that included our sell-through rate of our portfolio. And the sell-through rate as at the end of 2022 was just below 30%. And that means that in this market, we've taken an active uh, position to make sure that we deliver on the promises to the portfolio that we have and that we approve on monetization of the, of the license portfolio that, that we currently have. And we saw that in Q2 um, as we improved our average revenue per listen to 0.3 SEKs 
compared to the 0.26 SDKs we saw in the same quarter last year. So we improved our monetization by 15%. So, uh, and we are, uh, we're anticipating that in the foreseeable future, our revenues should be growing faster than our listings to cont continue to, to uh, grow into our suit and continue to monetize our portfolio in an effective way. Great, thank you. We have a few questions from Derek at ABG. First one, could you break down the strong performance in North America based on, for example, tailwind from somewhat improved ad demand, uh, execution on adjusted strategy, demand for specific shows, more broad-based, etc.? I'd note that the, um, the growth in North America uh, is both aided by some positive macroeconomic data points that is helping advertisers make uh, more forward-leaning decisions in terms of deploying their spend. But I'd also argue that uh, this comes down to uh, strong execution of our narrative and activities and market. Ross, do you care to add yeah, I, th I think for us, you know, it is definitely, a, um, you know, the, how we've executed our strategy. But I also think it's a multitude of things, you know, signing um, the content we have, you know, um, as I spoke about last quarter, audience buying becoming a trend, uh, which, you know, uh, Acast is incredibly well suited for. Um, all these kind of things together, um, you know, the focus that I've given on the US market, me being here, has really helped us excel in this market with the, the team here. So, uh, all round, it's a, it's a great execution and a continued execution of our strategy. Good. Uh, next question from Derek. Could you give a rough breakdown of the non-ad revenues between SaaS and subscription? We haven't broken down these earlier, but we note in the quarter that SaaS revenues and non-ad non revenues in, in total make up um, uh, just over 10% of our revenue in in total so the source other non-ad revenue line is now over 10 percent yeah uh two more questions from derek how has q3 started and which individual european markets contributed the most to growth in q2 um i mean q3 uh we don't comment and, and give sort of specific guidance on this uh, on this quarter but we've seen um, based on Q2 we have had some early positive indications in North America but it is a market that continues to be um, fast moving so we're continuing we're continuously monitoring developments closely of course. In our uh, European markets we've seen strong support from some of our um, smaller uh, markets, but uh, everyone has, uh, given the macroeconomic circumstances, delivered uh, well, including our, our UK and, and Swedish operations, which are the two biggest markets um, in Europe. But the in terms of growth, we have um, had the benefit of smaller markets uh, supporting the overall growth in, in the European region. Great. There's actually one more question from Derek at ABG. Could you remind us what the Amazon revenue is classified as and how much did it contribute in the quarter, roughly? Uh, we don't break out the Amazon revenue, but it's in our non-ad uh, revenue. So it contributes to the 
present uh, um, uh, SaaS and other non revenues that we spoke about uh, earlier. But I'm not going to give specific details on, on the contract and the portfolio. All right, uh, we have a couple of questions from Joakim Hellqvist at Affärsvärlden. First one being, what are the main drivers towards positive EBITDA next year? I think the main drivers next year are similar to the drivers that we have seen in this quarter, and that is uh, revenues growing faster than cost. Us maintaining a, a stable and strong gross margin, of course, supports this. But we are in a market that is still growing. Um, podcasting is growing faster than the advertising market um, overall. And uh, underpinned by the diligence and cost management that we have implemented across the business, um, a uh, growing top line and um, a tightly managed cost line is what gives us confidence that we're going to deliver positive uh, great. Second question from Joachim at Affärsvärlden. Do you believe the SaaS offerings will continue to advance in terms of its revenue share for the group? Do you have any targets here? And can you say anything about gross margins for the two SaaS offerings? My SaaS offerings are, are typically in the uh, uh, 80 or 90 percent gross margin category and, and our SaaS offerings typically in that uh, space uh, as well. We haven't set any targets for our uh, SaaS or other non-ad uh, revenues, but we will continue to monitor and give more disclosures around this um, if and when this share of revenue uh, grows over time, of course. Uh, good. Uh, we have a question from HPO. How is the roster of pod shows developing? Can ACOST offer guidance on available shows by year end? In terms of the number of shows, we, we have had an increasing number of shows. Uh, we actually have uh, 106,000 shows as at the end of the quarter. But given the fact that we have so many shows in our uh, podcasting network and we have uh, great availability of, of inventory, at this point in time, we don't feel that it's the sort of main leading indicator in terms of our potential growth at present time. We have a lot of runway to go in terms of monetizing the listens and the shows that we have. But having said that, we have still had positive growth on shows in, in the quarter. So, uh, but uh, I see you're very diligent in picking up that uh, we didn't report on this specifically in the marketplace slide. Well noted. I think I can add to that as well that obviously the roster is developing well um, in, in each and every market for us. You know, we continue to attract to attract great shows, and as we we showed today, we we are, are re-signing and renewing uh, fantastic shows as well. So, uh, the roster is developing well. Good. We have a question from Sven at AIP. You still have a lot of cash uh, at the balance sheet. How much will you need for operational use over the next year? Uh, we haven't given guidance on cash. What we've said is that the cash that we have will take us through to positive EBITDA in 2024. And beyond that will also take us through to uh, delivering a business that is generating cash with a good and comfortable uh, 
margin. So, so we'll, we'll leave it at that at that at present time. But we're very comfortable with our cash position, as you have also noted, uh, Sven. Thank you for the question. Yes, and you, Joachim, at the first Fadden, have another question. Do you think gross margins over time might go up when automation becomes more important through self-serve collections plus conversational targeting, targeting and so on, and perhaps when SaaS also becomes larger? I mean, those are the dynamics, right? If, uh, if we sell more of our um, uh, mid-sized and smaller shows um, and penetrate the, uh, the full tail of our podcasting portfolio in theory uh, the that can support an increase in the gross margin of course uh, sauce revenues potentially taking a larger share of revenues will also in that scenario support a higher gross margin but gross margins can also be um, uh, dependent on the um, uh, the cost of content and, and negotiations with uh, with uh, major podcast partners and we'll note that um, in an ad market that is uh, buoyant and and uh, producing a lot of growth the uh, competition for content uh, increases whereas right now in the market that we're in we're seeing a slight um, decrease in that competition which is also uh, favorable to gross uh, margins um, but overall we have given guidance on our gross margin in the range of 35% to 38% and I'm happy that we're comfortably within uh, that range um, time being. Great uh, there are no further questions right now so I suppose I'll then hand over to you Ross. Great thank you everyone thank you for the, the very engaged questions there. Uh, don't forget to follow us uh, on investors.acast.com uh, or our Acast blog or listen to our financial results, of course, as a podcast. Uh, if you want to receive company data continuously to your inbox, please subscribe to press releases, news and financial reports on our investor relations website. Thanks very much and see you next time.